Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, we are going to be discussing the differences between Western and Vedic astrology, which is going to be a very fun and long conversation because there are a lot of differences between Western and Vedic astrology. And I find myself having this conversation a lot. And so I've made a podcast on this before, but my hope in this is to give you all a reminder and maybe teach you something new, as well as have a resource for myself <laughs> so that when people ask me this question, I can refer them to the podcast. So this is th this podcast has two intentions, <laughs> but regardless, I hope that you enjoy it. And I really do hope that you learn something new. Before we get into the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, I do want to remind you all that I have a uh, Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast where I post every Monday. I post weekly horoscopes to prepare you for the week ahead utilizing the knowledge of the stars. So if this sounds like something that is interesting to you, you may check out my Patreon account. I'll be sure to link it in the descriptions. So jumping into Western and Vedic. First of all, I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer. For those of you who are new to this concept, things get pretty tricky and pretty complicated. There are people who are Vedic astrologers who utilize the tropical zodiac. There are people who use Western systems that utilize the sidereal zodiac. I keep it simple and straightforward. I'm a Vedic sidereal astrologer. And if you want to calculate your birth chart, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga. Click on offerings and then chart to calculate your Vedic birth chart to see how it differs from your Western birth chart in case you've never seen it before. So first of all, Vedic astrology has many different names and some of them can be problematic and arguable. So there's Vedic astrology, there is Jyotish, which means science of light. We can call it Indian astrology, again, sidereal astrology. We can also call it Hindu astrology. So these are all different terms for Vedic astrology and this lineage. Western astrology can also be referred to as tropical astrology, and this is the astrology that is more prominent here in the West in places like Europe. I mean, it's just the more popular astrology. Um, Vedic astrology is much more prominent in Eastern countries. It originated in India, hence the name Indian astrology or Hindu astrology, and of course the Sanskrit term, which is Jyotish. So Please keep that in mind that Jyotish and Vedic astrology originated in India. It's a very, very high level technology that was founded, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, which is always just remarkable to me to remember. So the biggest difference between Western and Vedic astrology is the zodiac that they use. So the Western tropical system. It begins the zodiac, the zero degrees of Aries, because Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. It's the beginning point of the zodiac. Zero degrees of Aries is said to begin when the sun crosses over the vernal point in the sky. And this is when the spring equinox occurs. So on the spring equinox, as the sun is crossing over that vernal point, it is said that Aries begins. This is very important because the zodiac that Western tropical astrology is utilizing is based on the seasons and it's based on the position of the sun. Vedic sidereal astrology utilizes the position of fixed stars. So Vedic sidereal astrology is astronomically precise. 
And I'll explain a little bit more about this. So when we're standing on Earth and we're looking up at the sky, those stars are going to shift one degree every 72 years because there is a precession of the equinox. That means that those fixed stars in the sky are going to be moving in relationship to the Earth because the Earth is wobbling. Vedic sidereal astrology accounts for that movement. And unfortunately, <laughs> there are many different ways of calculating this. It's called the Ayanamsha. And I'm not going to go too far into that rabbit hole. But for those of you who always ask me, I do use the Lahari system of the Ayanamsha. And but for those of you who are listening, who are newer to this, who are trying to keep it simple, Vedic astrology accounts for the precession of the equinox. It is astronomically precise. That means that if you download a star app and you're looking at the sky with your app, where those planets are, are what the Vedic astrologers use. So for example, it is currently April 28th, 2021. Saturn is in Capricorn. If you were to find the constellation of Capricorn, you'll see that Saturn is sitting in that constellation. If you're using a Western system, they are saying that Saturn is in Aquarius. And that is to keep this vernal equinox point, okay? Because they want to have that fixed point every year on the spring equinox, Aries is going to begin, which is unrelated to the position of the fixed stars. It wants to stay seasonally based. It's not staying congruent with the position of the stars, okay? So Western astrology is seasonally based. Vedic astrology is based on the fixed star point. So I hope that that makes sense. If you have any questions, please let me know. I highly recommend downloading a star app just so you can see for yourself where the stars are. This isn't necessarily discrediting either system. This is just an objective truth, okay? Western astrology is solar-based. That means that the position of the sun is incredibly important. If you were raised in the West, you know that your sun sign, right? That's the first thing that we're taught. Okay, you were born in early April, you're in Aries. You were born in late December, you're a Capricorn. And so the sun sign is going to be the most important sign, the most prominent sign. Vedic astrology is a lunar-based system. So we're really wanting to look at the position of the moon, and of course, I know some of you are listening and you're like, well, the moon is important. The sun is important. The rising sign is important. The first house ruler is important. Yes. And <laughs> Vedic astrology is a lunar based system. So the position of the moon is incredibly important. The moon nakshatra. Okay. And the moon, the placement of the moon and the nakshatra of the moon is going to give us incredible insight into how this person's mind operates. The moon is the mind. It's how you think. It's how you feel. It's how you engage with others emotionally. The way I like to describe it is that the moon is who your friends interact with. The moon is who your colleagues interact with. It's who you are in engagement with other people because it's how you think and it's how you feel. This is another difference between Western and Vedic. Vedic sidereal astrology utilizes nakshatras. Western astrology does not utilize nakshatras as often. Of course, nakshatras are the lunar mansions 
in the sky, breaking down the 12 zodiac into 27 nakshatras. So it gets even more specific and more precise. And why I use the Vedic system, of course, this is my opinion for a moment. It's because one of the reasons, one of the many, many reasons why I prefer the Vedic sidereal system is because I like the lunar-based system. It breaks things down for two and a half days. The sun stays in a sign for an entire month. The moon stays in a sign for two and a half days. Of course, the rising sign is about two and a half hours. The Vedic sidereal system seems a little bit more specific and precise to me, which I can always appreciate. Of course, if you've seen a Vedic sidereal chart before, it is a rectangle and it's divided and the western chart is a circle with lots of lines in the middle the charts look incredibly different western astrology utilizes the outer planets as rulers so traditionally vedic astrology did not account for the outer planets of pluto neptune and uranus so pluto neptune and uranus do not govern any signs so for example Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, Pisces is ruled by Jupiter, and Scorpio is ruled by Mars. So again, the outer planets do not rule these signs because they were not used traditionally in Vedic astrology. Of course, in Western astrology, Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus are rulers over signs. So this is another really big difference that we have to take into consideration. Other differences are the nodes. Western astrology utilizes the North Node and the South Node. Whereas Vedic astrology utilizes the karmic nodes of Rahu and Ketu. In Western astrology, retrograde planets are said to be weak. In Vedic astrology, retrograde planets are said to be strong. Western astrology uses various house systems of calculating the houses, um, similar to the Vedic Ayanamshas. There's like a million different Ayanamshas. Vedic astrology uses the whole sign system. And I know that some Western astrologers use this as well. This is one of the various house systems. In Vedic astrology, it's one size fits all. It's always this way. It's a whole house system. It's a whole sign system. So if two planets are in the same house it doesn't matter what the orb is they are conjoined in that house so this is something to certainly keep in mind as well vedic astrology has divisional charts so there is a chart called the d9 which is a chart for the spouse there is a chart for the career there's a chart for your house and cars there's a chart for your parents there's a chart for your siblings there's a chart for your children there's a chart for your spirituality there, there's a chart for literally everything in Vedic astrology. And this is highly important when making predictions. Vedic astrology is a predictive tool. And so it has things like divisional charts. It also has things like dashas. Dashas are planetary periods. So we run certain periods in our lives and we can utilize dashas or planetary periods in conjunction with transits to make even more precise and outstanding predictions. And so a lot of astrologers will make the argument that Vedic astrology is for prediction and Western astrology is for psychology. And I'm not discrediting Western astrology. Um, I totally, I know so many amazing astrologers who are Western astrologers. And I have seen the profound ability of Vedic astrology to understand the psychology of people. Vedic astrology can be used for mental health. It can be used for health. Medical astrology with Vedic astrology is super, super powerful and potent, can understand mental health illness. So 
definitely don't discredit Vedic astrology's power when it comes to psychology. I think it gets totally undercredited. The other thing is that Vedic astrology is a part of an entire Vedantic system. So Vedic astrology or Jyotish is a sister science to things like yoga and Ayurveda and things like Vastu. It's a part of an entire system for healing and self-realization. So it's, it's a tool amongst many for us to understand ourselves in relationship to the greater forces. So it it could help us better understand ourselves in an ego sense, but really the purpose of Vedic astrology is to understand time and where we are in time, what our karmas are in this life, what we need to be focusing on in order to learn the lessons that we need to learn in order to grow and evolve as a soul. This is another thing about Vedic astrology. Um, very, very powerful for things like self-awareness. And unfortunately, I don't know enough about Western astrology to give it the same amount of credit. Again, I've heard, I know of many amazing Western astrologers and, and the power of Western astrology. So I'm not trying to discredit Vedic astrology or Western astrology at all. I think that they can be used in conjunction with each other. I know many astrologers who do that as well. But Vedic astrology is my system. And I will share a little bit about why I love Vedic astrology and what got me into Vedic astrology. I bet. Uh, so if any of you don't want to hear my personal story, you are welcome to leave now. I'm going to continue uh, kind of talking about my personal opinions. Um, I love Vedic astrology because I love knowing that it's astronomically precise. I like to know that wherever the planets were at that moment, that's what we're utilizing. I like accounting for the procession of the equinox. You know, it's straightforward. It's literal. <laughs> you can go outside and connect with the astrological bodies where they are in time and space. And I think that there is something incredibly beautiful about that. And I love Vedic astrology because it is a part of a bigger system. It is a sister science to other things that I love and value, like Ayurveda, like Vastu, like yoga, you know, and I really want to say again that these practices are traditional practices from India. These were originated in India, high levels of technology that were developed years and years and years and years ago that some scientists today, you know, we're having research papers come out and it's like meditation works. <laughs> and it's like, well, people in India have been saying this for thousands of years. So I want to give that credit and make sure that everyone really understands that. And I just have so much appreciation, value and respect for where these practices came from. And I just feel so incredibly blessed to have the opportunity to learn them in this life. So again, I, I love that it's connected to something so much bigger. I love the Vedic astrology is connected to self-realization. And it's not rooted in trying to get us to identify with something. It's trying to get us to understand that we are connected in essence, you know, in the essence of the study of the science of light, that we are connected to something bigger. It's the study of time. It's the study of karma. So we're looking at how we fit into the grander picture, you know, and I really appreciate that and find a lot of humility in that. I could go on all day. I have a love affair with Vedic astrology. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit about how I found Vedic astrology. And so I 
first of all, if you guys have ever listened to me on an interview, you've probably heard this like a million times, <laughs> but these people always ask me this question, but maybe I'll go into a little bit more detail today. So I was introduced to astrology by my mother and my mom <laughs> has not always been perfect and we're, you know, there's a lot to say about this topic and she introduced me to a lot of really cool things like magic, like astrology, you know, like real magic. And so she gave me my first Vedic astrology book. And I remember seeing it and I read mine. I read the one for my dad. I read the one for my mom. I read the one for my brother. And I was immediately just so interested, but I felt like something was missing. And I remember having that feeling and I was also like, okay, I'm so fascinated. I'm so interested, but there has to be something more to this. I'm going to try to prove it wrong because I feel like this is making a lot of really big suggestions. And of course, I was like eight or something. Um, but I, I remember thinking like there's something to this, but I need to start testing it to see how well it works. And so at first it was just like with my family and just like trying to understand my family and talking about it with my mom and having her refer to things and whatever. And as I continued to get older and I started to read more books and just have a bigger understanding, I learned all the signs and what they were connected to. I started people asking people their birthday. I'm sure that this is so similar to other people's stories as well. And I got to the point where I could guess people's, not only their signs, like their birthdays. <laughs> like I was really good at this. I'm not good at it anymore, but I was really good at it in high school. I think I like lost the ability because now I'm just too, like I'll try to guess planetary placements now. I've kind of like moved on to another interest, but um, like other than the sun, right? I was really good at guessing the sun sign, I guess. And so I was doing all of that and I was really interested in it. I still felt like there was this huge thing missing and I was still feeling like I wanted to prove it wrong. So when I was 15 or 16, I got sent to therapy, which at the time was horrific. I was terrified. I remember like sobbing before going to therapy, like begging not to go. So, so, so glad I went. It was the best thing. It was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And my therapist was amazing. She was so amazing. And I told her about astrology and how much I liked it. And so in order to bond with me or like gain rapport with me, she ended up bringing this book and it's like the, the big book of relationships and it breaks down astrological uh, connections and compatibility, which you guys know I love compatibility. So I was like all about this. It breaks down the compatibility for week rather than for month. So each week out of the year had its own personality type and its own signs that it was compatible with. And so, of course, I became obsessed with this and I started trying to prove it wrong. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I want to learn more and I'm going to, you know, fact check this. I want to know that it works. Started using it. I saw some consistencies. You know, I saw some consistencies, but I was still like something is missing. You know, there's definitely something missing here. And, you know, mind you, I hadn't really gotten into the meat of Western astrology. Like I wasn't reading full charts. I wasn't looking at other planetary placements. I remember once I got the internet, like I don't know how old I was when I was able to have the internet, but I remember Googling stuff about 
astrology and seeing my Western chart and I was like, what? And again, it's like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like this story is an aside, but people ask me if I resonated with my Western chart and to be completely honest with you, I never, I never resonated with it. I saw it and I was like, this even, this makes me even more like interested in learning more because something, there's something missing. And when I was, how old was I? It was in 2012, I moved to Austin and I started going to a yoga studio and I met my first astrology teacher named Matab and he was a Vedic astrologer. And I remember listening to him explain Vedic astrology. He was explaining how it worked. He was explaining the procession of the equinox. He was explaining it being a sister science to yoga and being connected to karma. And I was like, this, 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 this. I was like, this is what I've been looking for. So I immediately signed up for his class, which was my first Vedic astrology class, immediately resonated. Everything started making sense. Um, and then I started mentoring with him and I was so blessed to be able to have the opportunity and that is how I got on this train. But I've always maintained this mindset of I don't believe in something until I see if it works. So if I ever learn a new technique, I do a bunch of research with it before I decide it works or not. So that is something to know about me. I'm very skeptical about things and I think that it's really healthy to be that way. Um, I think it's really healthy to ask questions. And that being said, it's like if you're from a Western background, ask questions, look into it. If you're from, from a Vedic background, ask questions, look into it. And the biggest thing about all of this is like Vedic astrology is what works for me. And it's what when I came to it, it felt like complete magic. It felt like I was connecting with something so much greater than myself. And at the same time, gaining personal insight into what I meant to experience in this lifetime. It, it's, it's, I can't even explain it. You know, it makes me speechless when I try to really explain how I feel <laughs> about Vedic astrology. It's so funny. It's like I'm talking about the love of my life. And some people have that experience with Western astrology. Or other astrologies. There are other astrologies out there. And so it's like if you have an astrology and you love it and it speaks to you and it helps you be a better person and it helps you in life and it helps you help other people in life, then that's your astrology. Like this is what it's all about. It's about healing and it's about connecting and being a better person and evolving. So if there's something in your life that's helping you be a better person, it's helping you connect and it's helping you evolve, there is, you know, there's nothing that could prove that wrong because it's doing something really amazingly well. So I really like to emphasize that to people as well. Um, because there is no better or worse. I'm just biased because I love Vedic astrology so much. And that's my personal opinion. That means it's not a rooted fact, right? It's, it's a subjective matter. So take my opinion for what it's worth, but just understand that when you're tuning in to Astrology Now podcast, we are using the Vedic sidereal system where we love, cherish, and value Vedic astrology and other sister sciences. So I hope that you found this helpful. I hope that the beginning of the segment made sense. If you have any questions, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. And I know that this was a pretty... Um, simplified. It was super, super simplified. So remember that all of this is incredibly complicated and vast. If you want to study Vedic astrology, 
get ready for a massive rabbit hole because there's nothing simple about this. But I tried and hopefully you understood it. And um, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun talking about it. And I really appreciate you for listening until the end of the segment. As I've been mentioning, I'm taking time off of public readings because I am spending time with my grandmother at this time. But I am accepting clients for my Vedic guidance consultations. So if you're interested in working with me more long term, utilizing your Vedic birth chart as a touchstone for change and transformation, please check that out at innerknowing.yoga offerings and then Vedic guidance consultations. And I would love to see you on Patreon. My Instagram is astrologynow underscore podcast. And I will talk to you all very soon. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.